seated. For unto grace to you and peace from God, who is our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the Christ, our Messiah. Amen. All families have little rituals that become a part of their lives. Little mantras that are something that they know intimately and that they share with each other. Growing up in my home, we had the mantra of make memories. Now that was always a really important thing for us. No matter what we were doing, wherever we were, just make some memories, y'all. That was a part of our family. My family, Heidi, Micah, Noah, Leah, and I, have similar kind of things in our life. And one of the things that we have tried to make a ritual is that before our kids go to school, and at other times before important events in their lives, we try to bless them. We try to make a little sign across, say, may the Lord bless you and keep you, go with God's love, whatever it is that we say. But to make that an important part of their day. Now sometimes it annoys them because they're ready to get out the door, especially now. When they were younger, it was a little bit easier. Uh, now that they're older and they're running around a lot more, it's harder, but we still try to make that to be important. And we also then started instituting them blessing us. Because we found that we were blessing them, but how about our kids blessing us? And so that becomes a part of our life when we started going into the um, Faith Five, um, you know, the work of Faith Five in our life, we do that as well. But to make blessing each other something that we do. And the reason we do that is because receiving and sharing blessing is a central act of the Christian faith. It is a central act. Some might even say the central act of the Christian faith is to bless and to receive blessing. When God first called Abraham uh, to be the father of the chosen people, the premise was what? It was that they, the Hebrew people, would become a blessing for the entire world. Jesus, the fulfillment of that promise, the Hebrew Messiah, comes and is a blessing as he comes to shed us from the power of sin and death and shame and pain and to offer us resurrection daily into his life, into, as Miss Kitty talked our children today, into his light. Jesus teaches us then to do the same. When we hear our words today from Matthew 5, called the Beatitudes, which means blessing, it might be easy for us to fall into a particular trap, to believe that Jesus, in telling us this, is setting up the parameters, the conditions of what is blessed, actually, instead of just actually blessing. And there's a difference between the if these things occur, then blessing comes, to simply because you are blessed, therefore live in the life. The preaching professor, David Lowe, writes this. He says, when I hear the Beatitudes, it's hard for me not to hear 
Jesus is stating the terms under which I might be blessed. For instance, he writes, when I hear, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, I tend to think, am I pure enough? Or should I try to be more pure in spirit? Or when I hear, blessed are the peacemakers, I think, yes, yes, I really should be more committed to making peace, but am I? When I hear, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, I have assurance, to be sure. But to be perfectly honest, I don't want to be mourned at all. And herein, friends, lies that trap. We can make this experience of what Jesus is doing into something that we need to do instead of simply acknowledging that this is not about us, but about Jesus. And what Jesus is trying to tell us about who God is, that God, our God, the Creator God, is a God who seeks and desires to bless. I believe that one of the most difficult aspects of our faithfulness is simply allowing God to bless us and leaving it at that. One of the realities of my recent health issue and heart attack is that I have been receiving an overwhelming amount of blessing. And it's hard. And I don't like it sometimes. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Heidi came home yesterday from a conference and told me about all the people that were asking about me. How is David doing? Tell him we're praying for him. Tell him that our church has been praying for him. And all I heard was, ah, why are they praying for me? They don't need to pray for me, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I made my point. <laughs> Sometimes the hardest thing we can do is allow God to bless us and leave it at that. I once had a parishioner come to me who was convinced that God could not love her. Hers was a past riddled with struggle, poor decisions, painful experiences. She cried in my office, and I attempted to tell her again and again that God did indeed love her, that God would not abandon her to her mistakes. Yet she argued with me for over an hour about how she was unacceptable and kept quoting scripture to prove her point. While I answer each scripture of hers with another of my own proving mind. A bit exasperated, and finally I think succumbing to the reality of God's grace, she looked at me and said, Pastor Dave, God cannot be that. To which I replied, if God ain't at least that cool, I'm in the wrong business. Hers is not a unique place, as I can attest. Because for all of our faithfulness, for all of our belief, it can indeed seem hard sometimes to simply receive blessing and receive grace. 
Dr. Lowe, who I mentioned earlier, writes this. When I was in graduate school, one of my teachers, Dr. Cleopas LaRue, who was a respected and well-known homiletics professor, Dr. Cleopas LaRue would regularly address me as Dr. Lowe's. Eventually, it made me uncomfortable enough when I said to him, but Dr. LaRue, I have not earned my doctorate yet. I don't think you should call me that. And then Dr. LaRue said, Dr. Lopes, in the African-American church, we are not content to call you what you are, but instead call you what we believe you will be. Perhaps the biggest leap of our faith journey is the one we make from being uncomfortable with God's grace to absolutely counting for ourselves, for others around us, and for our world. For the truth is that God's mercy and grace is exhibited in Jesus is nothing if not unnerving. When Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount with these Beatitudes, he offers the visions of God that can make the hair on the back of our neck stand up. If Jesus is simply blessing you, not setting up the parameters of blessing, but just out and out blessing people, what might that mean for us? Does this mean that we can dare to bless others? Even those with whom we disagree, just the same? Does this mean that we must acknowledge that God's ability and willingness to bless others may be contrary to our particular theological or political bent? Might it mean that we have to accept the fact that God blesses us just because that is what and who God is? As Rachel, as you read the lesson today, she got a little choked up reading Micah. I wonder um, if that was because you did the same thing we did, which is name our son after this particular verse. <laughs> what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? What shall I come before with and with burnt offerings, with calves of year, a year old, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? No. He has told you, O Lord, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with our God. What does the Lord require of you, O It is to be a blessing. To bless the world by seeking justice. Seeking justice for those, especially the poor, the hurting, the outcast, the other. To bless this world by living lives of humility. By 
See how you have things in common with those who are different from you. The poor, the hurting, and the outcast. By sharing loving kindness. By being kind. Especially to those who are hurting and outcast and poor. This is who we are called to be at our core as a blessing people. In the spirit of the words of Dr. LaRue, our God is not content to call us simply who we are, but God blesses us into being who God knows we will be. Who you will be. Unfortunately, a lot of people in our world hear messages daily that tell them that they are not a blessing, that they are not blessed. But oh, what a gift and an opportunity it is for us that we have been given the truth, that we have been given the promise, that we have been given the great sacred responsibility to go into this world and bless. What a grace has been given to us, the people of God. It is not just the religious professionals. It is all of the baptized. It is you who have been called to be a blessing to this world. And I know that God has blessed you to do it. No matter what you do for a living, you can and you will bless people as you seek justice for those around you. As you share love and kindness with them, and as, as you work with them in humility. Because as you do this, Lord God is blessing this world through you. When he was younger, and we would bless Noah, I used to annoy him. I annoy him a lot more now, but back then I annoyed him too. Because I would always come up to him. And I would hug him and I would say, I love you, Noah, I love you. And his response was this. I know that. And at first I was like, well, he's not telling you that, that he loves me. Hi, let's talk about this. What's going on? I don't understand. Why does my son not love me? <laughs> and then I realized how perfect an answer it was. Perhaps it's the answer we should give to the God who blesses. That we are so assured of God's grace that God goes, I love y'all. And we go, I know that. How great would it be for this world for the people who are hurting around us for us to know and for them to know so assuredly God's love for them. And what a glorious grace it is to be the people who let the world know that they are blessed. That they, we are not content to call them what they are. But in God's grace, we call them what we believe. They believe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.